to the Big Puff Podcast, coming to you from the shadow of the bomb, Quebec, Canada. My name is Lex, and my co-host is Beach. What's good, Beach? Oh man, another Monday, another podcast night. Got Love that, it. got that right, homie. And we have uh, an outstanding guest with us today, none other than William Ramsey of WilliamRamseyInvestigates.com. William Ramsey is a prolific podcaster author and documentarian and he is here to talk about a number of things including his latest book the smiley face killers investigating suspicious water deaths of college-aged men in the u.s and the world welcome to the big puff conversation william thank you thanks for having me glad to be here so as i was just saying uh off air i read through your whole book and I was already a little bit familiar with the topic, but the book is so comprehensive. I love the way you've organized that you've got it uh, organized chronologically, outlining all of the research that has been done on the smiley face killers, not just by you, but by other um, devoted researchers as well. Researchers as well, And I really appreciated that. Um, I was wondering, what was it like compiling all of this information, William? It was a lot of work. I mean, I, I've really started researching in 2016, but the first thing I did was try to figure out who else had looked into it as well. So I went back to Gannon and Gilbertson and Duarte. They were the original guys. They wrote a book called Case Studies of Forensic Drownings. So I had to read that. But I also kind of what piqued my interest was a, a, a interview on Coast to Coast Radio with a, a woman who was also looking at the cases. And I'd heard that and it kind of like I started to make connections in my mind with this whole smiley face symbol and these cases. And that's kind of where I got started. So then I did an Indiegogo, I think in 2016, I followed some cases, big cases, Joey Labute and uh, Dakota James. And I put together a three and a half hour documentary. That was my first documentary that came out in 2017. People can find it online or Patreon. And that was kind of it. So I've always kind of kept up and following the cases and people send me stuff all the time. And uh, it just kind of grew from there. So I, I, the purpose of the book was really to try to get all of that research that I had done and put it in one place. And so that this is kind of the culmination of seven years of work, really. And it shows. It definitely shows. It's an impressive piece of work. So I'm wondering, maybe we should back up a little bit. And just for our listeners, if they're not familiar with the SFK um, phenomenon, maybe we should just outline it for them a little bit. Yeah, it was. It's kind of a relatively new phenomenon of young men disappearing late at night. Uh, these always happen at night, often at bars. They get separated from friends. They start acting strange at a bar, and nobody knows where they went. And then only to be found later in a body of water. So nobody sees them go in the water. They're just found dead in water, and it's been happening and kind of uh, increasing, accelerating actually in the last couple of years. And so it got its name, the Smiley Face Killers, from. The original investigators who I just mentioned, Gilbertson and Gannon and Duarte, who were in separate parts of the country. One was in Wisconsin, the others in New York, and saw these cases and then tied the symbol of the smiley face to some of these cases. And they show it in their book. There's a spray painted, often orange smiley face, sometimes with horns and fangs uh, associated with where they think the bodies were then. So that's how it got the kind of stamp smiley face killers. But it's also just really the, this phenomenon of young men really suspiciously disappearing and then later to be found in water. And I think there's like all the cases that I have in here were actually murders. They're not accidental drownings. And I think they differentiate from an accidental drowning where people are like, hey, I'm going down to the lake. It's 4 p.m. 
Uh, you know, I'm just going to dump in the water, jump in the water. I'm not a great swimmer. So those are kind of real drop. People fall into raging rivers. This isn't the case. These are people often found in ponds, three feet of water, places already searched, uh, mm. like the lake in Austin where it happened. The uh, Ladyburg Lake is like a pond. It's not a fast raging river. And all these people have been, you know, been found there. They call it the Rainy Street Ripper, but they've been found there in the last year. So that's kind of the, that's how it got its name. And it's just kind of stuck. So the Smiley Face Killers is how it's stuck. But it's also interesting because this symbol is in kind of uh, the occulture or underground culture or, or cultism that's around all all through society, whether it's Alan Moore or used by um, some uh, Ed Sheeran and his video Bad Habits. It's just all over the place. It's on, uh, you know, art and in uh, clothing and fashion lines. So that's mm -hmm. kind of what uh, there's a, there's definitely some strange time. And I cover that kind of cultural tie-in in one chapter of my book. Yeah, definitely. I think that's important. We definitely have to get to that, to the the presence of smiley face, uh, kill, uh, smiley faces in culture. Um, but coming back to the phenomenon, right? Like what you, what you and other researchers have done is you have noticed a pattern that is connecting all of these deaths, right? The fact that they're young men out at night, they also are what we would consider to be uh, successful young men as well, right? Like university age, going somewhere, doing something with their lives. And that seems to be an important detail. These are not like homeless people that are being targeted, right? They, they're deliberately well-to-do young men for the most part. It seems like that. Yeah, definitely. Athletes too, very athletic, uh, mm. lacrosse players, <clears throat> swimmers, things like that. So, and they're typically kind of good looking guys, skinny. Like I think Gilbertson actually was on Dr. Oz or Dr. Phil. And he said the body mass index is like not the normal, you know, kind of uh, relatively chubby frat guy. They're all in good shape, which is strange. So I think the fact that they're success and, and people have noted that like, these are people who probably were going to contribute to society. So there mm -hmm. might be some kind of element in why those people are targeted. And a lot of them are Christians too. Like there's a very strong preponderance of Christianity in some of these guys. There have been a couple, at least the earlier cases. The most recent cases have been super diverse. Like it's like people from India, a lot of African Americans, Chicago particularly. Um, so the kind of character of the victims has changed. But yeah, I think a lot of those, even the, these are all people with a bright future ahead of them, just like you said. Yeah. Mm. I'd like to like get you to maybe speculate on that, why it is that it's men that's being targeted rather than women. But before, I just want to add one detail to the pattern that you uh, focus on in the book as well, which is that the detection of um, drugs in the systems of the victims, oftentimes it's suspected that they're being uh, dosed with GHB, the date rape drug. No doubt. And I think that that's really what Gannon and, and Gilbertson keyed into the original researchers. Their book is much more like criminally, uh, criminal, criminologically sophisticated, and they go into the GHB a lot. And a lot of these guys, even the kind of other people, they start acting strange. They, they do things like people are drunk. There was a case in uh, Chicago, a young man by the name of Seamus. Uh, oh, I can't remember his last name. But he was acting really strange, like wrestling with people on the street and walked off, like, and walked off alone. So I think that a lot of these people are drugs. And I show you know, in my kind of criminal typology chapter that there are guys out there that are 
hunt for men and drug them. You know, there was a guy, Stephen Port, they call him the barking serial killer. He's from East London. He was drugging his victims. Uh, the same thing with Reynard Sanaga, who they call the most successful rapist. It's not a really great thing to do, but uh, the most successful rapist in UK history. And he would literally go searching for young men. He was like a, a night owl or a night stalker. He would go out and find them out at the bars. He would deliberately wait till the bars emptied, and that's where he'd find his victims. And that mm. ties right into this phenomenon. So I think drugs are, and he was drugging people with GHB. A lot of them didn't even know that they were um, abused. They just found out because he was recording it all on his cell phone. Um, and so then they found the victims. But I think that, that the drugging element is a very uh, strong correlation. And even the family murders that I studied out of Adelaide, Australia, they were clearly mm. drugging their victims. So mm. I think a lot of these guys, the reason they have this weird personality change, and a lot of them didn't drink that much, have that much to drink. So I think that there's, uh, we yeah, you can deduce that they were they were slipped a Mickey at some of these bars. Him, mm-hmm. and it would make sense that they're getting drugged too, because what you also reveal in the book is that these young men, when they get targeted and they they get um, they get their drink spiked at the bar or whatever, and then they get um, jumped, let's say for lack of a better word, outside, they're not. The theory, anyway, is that they're not killed on the spot, that they're actually abducted and taken somewhere and held for a period of time. And like you said, because these are young, athletic men, that's that's uh, that's not an easy task, right, Ab- abducting a young, athletic man. So clearly something like GHB might be um, necessary. Yeah, absolutely. Like if you look at the case of Chris Jenkins in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the guy was a, a lacrosse player. He was the goalkeeper. He's a big, strong, healthy guy. And had bruises on his body all the time. That's why they knew that he didn't die immediately because there were no bruises on his body when his body was found. So they had to keep him somewhere. Something happened. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it makes perfect sense that there was some there's drugs involved. And he he's another example, kind of a level headed, according to family members and friends, level headed guy suddenly acting really strange. So mm-hmm. and there there's been epidemics of druggings here in L.A. where I live. There's stories. And there's other stories that I put in the book, I think, of uh, two groups who were caught drugging men and, and robbing them. So maybe, you know, maybe some of these are just there. One of the interesting things about this is there doesn't seem to be a financial motivation. So there's no el- there's very few elements of like somebody's bank card getting used, which I think it can go to motive, like what's really going on. But in those mm-hmm. cases of the drugs, they were definitely robbing people and they had accidental deaths. Uh, they were and they were targeting gay bars, and there is kind of a over proportion or predominance of like people in the gay community of being victims. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, you mentioned in the book that uh, the media and law enforcement they often try and justify these deaths as being simply drownings and explaining away the fact that it's predominantly men because. They give reasons that, like for example, women often travel in groups at night and therefore won't be targeted or they're more wary of getting drugged, or they don't walk home alone at night. And those are all fair points. But I don't think that is that doesn't satisfy me that explanation. I think when you've got like you said earlier, you've got close to 500 of these deaths that seem to form a pattern, and they're all men almost overwhelmingly. Do you have any theories? Or can you speculate as as to why they're targeting men in particular? Well, like I said, homosexual, maybe it's that's the that's really it is these are uh, victims of people who 
uh, for you know they're they're homosexuals. So that would make sense. Like these, they're going after handsome young guys. It seems like if you look at the case of Dakota James, he was targeted. I think he was selected. Like there was an attempt to abduct him maybe five weeks before he eventually disappeared. So there may be some really dark stuff like uh, the Juarez murders or the Juarez murders of women actually being targeted and selected, pre-selected. So this may happen with uh, with these men. And so I think that's it. I mean, a lot of, like you said, a lot of these women are much more wary. They cover their drinks at bars. They stay in groups because they know when they wander off alone, that's when, you know, bad things happen. So a lot of these men don't, I don't think perceive themselves as potential targets of drugging and abduction. And so that's why they're not watching their drink or not paying attention or uh, doing things that women would never do. Walk home alone at 2 a.m. or something like that. Right, 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 right. There's, there's another point that you add to this pattern, which is that for, for the majority of these deaths slash murders, there is a significant search for the missing person, right? And there's often media coverage as well. And that kind of stood out for me. I wanted to ask you about that because people die all the time in, in these major cities, but they don't all turn into media stories and, you know, they don't have these organized search searches. So I'm wondering if there's something to that. Why is it that these individuals who are being targeted by the SFKs, it, that there's also this media attention paid to it? Is that, is there some kind of... Um, I don't know what to say. Like, are the media being prompted to do that, to cover these cases in particular, to draw attention to them? It's a good question. And it might be the, the purpose of these, uh, these types of uh, serial killers is to, you know, uh, show their power by showing the media. And I've seen that's, that's a component. I'm by no means some kind of criminal profiler, but some of these mm -hmm. guys feel power by watching their crimes on the news. But one of the things that made my documentaries, I did two, I also did uh, The Global Slaughter Continues in 2020 over the pandemic. But one of the things that made those documentaries easy was just the overabundance of media coverage on all these cases, because these people disappear out of you know thin air. So mm -hmm. the families, it's always the same pattern, pattern, laid out at night, totally disappeared, no explanation, out of character, family drives in, family talks to the police. Local media stations cover it. There's always missing persons posters. There's a large search party over and over and over again. You know, concerned loved ones uh, making claims, somebody find my child. And then eventually the body pops up. So uh, the media coverage may be an intentional thing, like some kind of like psychological warfare technique or poisoning the psychosphere. I don't know. But mm, yeah, that's, it is interesting. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was reading your book, too. And as I was reading your book, you know, I kept thinking about Dave McGowan's program to kill. There's a lot of overlap between these two projects because in program to kill, I'm sure you've read it, William. It's oh, yeah, about just did a uh, show on it recently. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's, about you know, Dave McGowan, uh, rest in peace, uh, covered all of these classic cases of serial killers, right, from Ted Bundy to Jeffrey Dahmer to John Wayne Gacy. And basically, he debunked the official explanation, which was that they were just these kind of lone nuts. And him, like the SFK researchers and yourself, he noticed a pattern, right, that these serial killers were um, they often had a military background or ties to intelligence agencies, often enough that it was a pattern and not a coincidence. And also, when he looked into the, these murders, there was all these red flags like 
There's no way that this person could have killed this person on his own. He must have had help, right? It's just the same story over and over. And there's cases of um, uh, some serial killer is accused of two murders that, that happened at the same time, right? So he couldn't have been in both places at the same time. Um, so I, yeah, I just kept thinking about program to kill over and over. And it makes me wonder, right. like, sorry, go ahead. No, you're right. I think that there's, I don't think this is a lone, lone killer. I think there's groups. And I think that uh, the original uh, investigator said the same thing. They think there's a, a connected group of people and they do these types of crimes. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. So mm. I think, I think, I don't think it's like a lone person and then there's just so much evidence that some of these serial killers had accomplices there's just goes on and on gacy eiler um some of these guys were connected or you know they were doing stuff in a in a group you know, or in a network of people yeah yeah absolutely um so there's one case that stood out for me among, uh, many of them did but one in particular was thomas james booth the third who went missing and in your book, you write that he had stated to his uncle that he wanted to make some new friends um, and get away from the ones he was currently with. He stated that they were into some strange things, things like AK-47s, some other things he didn't want to be around. And then when his uncle asked him whether they were into robberies, Tommy responded, no, it was a lot worse than that. So it sounds like maybe he was being recruited. And then when he balked at it, they, they targeted him. They took him out. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what Gannon and Gilbert, Gilbertson deduced uh, was that that he was in the kind of a network, and it's kind of a shame. Like that's a one of the cases where an paid investigator, somebody from the government or the the police, law enforcement, should have interviewed all of his friends. Like, what's who are these people talking about? Why isn't this carried up? And you kind of see law enforcement. There's so many instances of law enforcement uh, dropping the ball or really not. Uh, at least not sharing with the public any of their research or their their investigations. Like none of these cases that I put in there, there were anything where they were solved. And a lot of them, like Chris Jenkins, I mentioned earlier, his case got changed from accidental to uh, intentional homicide by once once the mother got involved, Jan Jenkins. But uh, yeah, the Tommy Booth case is really remarkable. It's another one of those cases where he disappears. And then it appears in an obvious place, like there's a little lake or river behind the bar he was last seen. And he's literally half in the water and half out in a place searched over and over again. And mm -hmm. uh, clearly was not dead the entire eight days, I think it was, that he was missing. So where was he? So very strange stuff, yeah. But the Booth case, there's a lot of weird things. Like the Guybe case, he was around at some dark party. And they called it like the witch's corner in some area. So there's like a cultism there. And there's just kind of like there was one guy, Arvind Sharma, was at a bar that also doubled as a BDSM club or something. Like these guys mm -hmm. were in places that were very dangerous in dangerous situations and then disappeared. Uh, the same thing reminds me of like Nas Muhammad 
who I include in the book, but there's a lot more to the Nas Muhammad story. And he was kind of in a very dangerous group with a very dangerous group of people at gay bars and stuff like that. Like he probably didn't know that he, he was uh, hanging with uh, some tough customers and maybe I think Tommy Booth knew, I think he knew, but he didn't get out uh, mm. in time. It seems like. Mm. I also like, there's a section in your book also where you include uh, the opinion of Jack Murphy, former U S army ranger and green beret. And his look at the at his interpretation of the SFKs is that they are some form of institutionalized intelligence orchestrating the murders, right? He says the perpetrators are highly competent, maintain a strict code of silence, and represent a phenomenon not easily defined or described by present-day criminal psychology. I thought that was super interesting. Yeah, I think he, his analysis was really good. I mean, I think the guy was like a former Green Beret or something like that. Like he does a show. I can't remember what his podcast is. It's really good. Mm -hmm. uh, you, could, you should check it out. But he's around. And I, he, I talked to him after I published the book or just kind of had a brief, you know, I told him that he was in the book. He was happy that it was in there or pleased. But uh, I think his analysis is right. Like these are competent people. They plan. They think. If you look through my, my Sarsky sessions, which is another chapter of the book, like it's mm -hmm. pretty evident that these guys are communicating, but they know where the CCTV videos are. So right. these aren't like uh, rash events where somebody bumps into somebody, bumps into somebody at like a bar and then they fight or somebody gets shot. You know, this is something where people are, you know, conscious, pre-planning, thinking the way through. And it's really weird too because a lot of these kind of events happen when somebody walks away from the CCTV. So it's mm -hmm. almost like Dakota James is caught on CCTV in Pittsburgh, but he walks over that bridge and then whoosh, disappeared. So, um, right. yeah, so I think it fits right in with kind of Murphy's kind of outlook. Like these are not, uh, you know, clumsy. And I think they probably made mistakes. I think there's mistakes made. Like I think this one case of Josh, which I have a whole chapter on, this kid who came out of TD Gardens in October, uh, November of 2022, like he, they had a guy there who nobody knows who he was, and the police didn't look into it. They didn't follow up and see who the guy who found him in the water was. It could have broken up, the, broken open the entire network. Or the, and he was caught somebody. on camera. Absolutely. There's an actual picture of the guy in glasses. It looks like a middle-aged man. Why the heck is this? And and that guy, Josh, had, like, serious injuries. Like, he had a huge bruise on his head. His ear was bleeding. Um, so... Uh, I think the, the law enforcement does make mistakes, but I think Murphy, I think sensed the sophistication, like this is, these are criminally sophisticated people. Yeah. Yeah. And he also makes a great point of noticing that these murders, they start really in the nineties and this coincides with kind of the growth of the internet and of online communication. And he speculates that this, this is, these are like, um, they're like a network, an online network. And this is how this is why it's an international phenomenon and not a local one. And they can recruit right. and organize these things across the Internet. Yes. Yeah, I've been following kind of like these uh, catch a predator type things. And they're like these sick pedophiles have like their own network. Right. So maybe there's some other alternate network for people who like to do this stuff in dungeons or whatever. Like I, I remember in my first documentary, I looked into a. Uh, documentary called kink which was like an international network of like people involved in bdsm who would like 
there was this place in San Francisco that they would lease out and then people would pay to watch the stream and it was international, right? So these people from Manila or Perth or something would then pay to watch these, you know, gnarly videos. Well, what if something like that is even darker? What if there's an even darker underground? Now that may, would explain some of these selections, you know? And I remember, right. you know, I've heard of stories like in Ukraine, which is a cesspool and, you know, we should not be involved there, but like baby selling, organ selling, people with whatever kink they have flying in and paying for stuff. So like people from China, like there was like sex trafficking flights from China to Ukraine, you know, for people who had the, had the money. So maybe something like that's involved in this. And it would kind of make sense because uh, one of the first cases, really the first case that I studied where somebody disappeared to later be found in water was Joey LeBute in Columbus, Ohio. Well, that same weekend was the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. And so a bunch of dudes fly in from, you know, all over to be at this bodybuilding thing. And what if somebody committed a crime and just flew back out? Like, oh, yeah, I was just in town for that. But he was really there to commit a crime, right? Oh, super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to uh, the section on Jack Murphy, he asks a couple super interesting questions. One of them is, is there some public face to the group that allows them to blend in and congregate without suspicion? I'm not sure exactly what he means by that. Do you know what he means by that, William? That they have some public face that allows them to to blend in. You know, they may be like uh, comedians or who knows, bands or something. There's been speculation of bands traveling around. So they have a public oh. face that, oh, yeah, we're just musicians, but they're really into dark stuff, you know? Gotcha. And gotcha. that would be a perfect front, right? Be a perfect mm -hmm. front. Going to town. Oh, we're playing Austin next week. We're done with the gig at 1.30. What happens after after 1.30? You know, they're doing something else. Maybe. Mm. Could be. Yeah, that makes sense. So, the yeah. after part. So that may be the public face that they have, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then an, uh, another question that, that Murphy asks is, perhaps the killers are intentionally using occult symbolism as a red herring to throw off law enforcement. I'm not sure about that one, but it's it's worth asking. It's worth thinking about, I think. Sure. Absolutely. I, I mean, if you're smart, you're trying to get these red herrings out there. Make sure. I mean, the whole smiley face could be a red herring, right? But it also is all over the occult. You know, it's all over these guys. So uh, you could see how there would be an overlap between these murders and you know, the, the kind of smiley face of the larger culture. Mm -hmm. It's. I've, I have a list. I didn't include it all in the book, but I have like 150 or 200 like uh, horror movie covers with the smiley face in it or horror movie films that they just have the smiley face everywhere it's in like uh fight club you know it's all over watch yeah I mean, yeah the watchman no country for old men stranger things yeah. sons oh, of anarchy yeah. black mirror and the list goes on and on and it in music yeah. yeah in music yeah. and so often enough ubiquitous enough that it's not a coincidence yeah, no, it's, it can't be a coincidence. And that's right. the whole thing. Like this may be the silence that Murphy's talking about is some kind of code of science where they're initiated or something goes on. Like, hey, you know, uh, you know, this is you're initiated. You, you're taking this oath of silence like the Masons. And if you break the oath, you know, you have punishment. <laughs> the Masons like that you, you slit your own throat if you reveal your other Masonic brothers, right? Arsh. 
So what, what is the connection then between the SFKs and the order of nine angles? Well, it's speculative. I think mm -hmm. that they're, the ideas, the, the real thing is like the order of nine angles motivation, like they literally talk about sacrifice, but they talk about committing a crime that not, and not get caught, right? So you're going out at night to commit crimes and select, they call it a sacrifice or an offer. And there are different Nexians all over the country. Like they're easily discernible. You can see it in my earlier book, uh, Global Death Cult. But um, yeah, so whether there's a connection or not, but it seems like their ideology would explain a motive for people who would like, why would people do this? Like there's all kinds of people trying to debunk the phenomenon. All I can say to them is read my book. Right. And I think that you'll be permanently unbunked. But uh the uh, <clears throat> and that's kind of one of the purposes of the book, but yeah, so the SFK, I mean, you have to read the, their ideology, it's very strange dark gods, water, there's all kinds of water focus and stuff like that. They have just very curious, like portals in the sky. Um, but yeah, but I mean, part of their ascension up the what they call the septenary way, the sevenfold way, is to commit an offer on the fourth thing and get away with it, right. So mm -hmm. that would explain why the SFK. So you're supposed to cause chaos and misery and be like a chaos magician or chaos agent by doing this. So somebody may be like the, the reverberations of one of these deaths uh, reverberates all through these families lives, right? The parents are destroyed. They're miserable. Their child is their loved one is dead. The brothers and sisters, the society mourns. So this, I think the psychological effects if somebody really wanted to be a, a monster and some of these serial killers know that they're, they're doing it. Like they know they're causing trauma to the, you know, local society. So maybe mm -hmm. that's the intent. And it would, it would, it would tie into this kind of evil uh, ideology of the order of nine. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by E or summit four by E. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, from what I can tell, reading your book, the, uh, the 09A, they seem to paint themselves as like the ultimate Satanists, right? They look at Crowley and Aquino and LaVey as like weak sauce, as too vanilla for them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then it seems like one of their central tenets is this kind of this doctrine of culling, right? Or the selection and murder of a sacrificial victim. Yes, exactly. They call it an opera, a German word for sacrifice. But yeah, I mean, it fits into their kind of neo-Nazi views. And they have a very anti what they call a Nazarene. So anybody of like with biblical are their enemies. They're trying to create kind of a dark empire and kind of move to the stars. So they have kind of these weird names like Homo Galacticus. They're the people of the future. And then the Homo 
Hubriati, these arrogant people are um, people of the past and people who should be selected because of their character. And it's kind of a strange world. There's a, like a, a, a feeling of envy, a sense of, of envy this 09A has. These, these arrogant people, like they see, they, these kind of shiny people that a lot of these SFK victims fit into, it seems like they're almost kind of jealous of them and angry at them for whatever kind of worldly success they have, whether they're good athletes or good looking or something like that. That seems to kind of, mm. that, that's the kind of uh, sense I get from the ONA kind of ideology. Interesting. And it, it almost seems like they're engaged and they're trying to start some kind of alchemical process or something as well through these sacrifices. I don't know if I'm reaching there, but. You know, uh, I, I get the sense that the, the kind of uh, Nazism of Hitler is never going to be popular. So they kind of rebranded the Nia, the National Socialist ideology and kind of uh, made it, disseminated to individuals or these Nexians. So I think that maybe that's kind of what they're doing is actually trying to have kind of some kind of weird occult war. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, don't associate them. It's not part of their writings. They have oral traditions of so the stuff that they only tell each other, uh, you know, auditorily or whatever through mouth to mouth. So I, I don't really know the full thing, but it is a sus group and they're very nasty. At least the way their writings are, are very, very nasty. And they, they I mean, there's been deaths associated with the ONA and uh, these satanic teachings. Like there's literal murders and things like that. So it, it has a real world effect. There's no question about it. And it seeped into kind of mm. some of these newer neo-Nazi movements like Sonnenkrieg, Adam Waffen, Fewer Creek. And a lot of the, those, like Australia banned one of those groups. They thought they were so dangerous. They're like, if you're a member of that group, you'll go to jail for 10 years. Wow. All right. Well, I forgot. I wanted to mention this at the beginning, but you're actually our first uh, non-Canadian guest on the show and our first American guest as well. And so I've, I've been, I want to take advantage of that. I want to ask you, what is the perception of Canada and Canadians in the last few years, like in the COVID scandemic era? Oh, I don't think people have a positive view of Trudeau, that's for sure. I don't know about <laughs> Canadians in general. I think they're sympathetic with all the stuff that you guys have to go through. Like, we're undergoing, like, a clampdown, but you guys got the worst of it. Like, uh, just the worst kind of mind control psyop. And he's not going anywhere. I think I, I think that your election was stolen like ours. I don't even think Trudeau's uh, legit election. When I talk to people up there, they're like, yeah. He mysteriously won. Like nobody likes him. How is he the prime minister? It's weird. Have you, yeah, so he, I, I don't know. Yeah, what's your perception? Do you think that he legitimately won? No, hell no, William. <laughs> no, no. Our elections are as rigged as the American ones are. That's okay, for sure. Okay, yeah. That guy cannot go anywhere with get without getting yelled at. Anywhere, right? He is despised. Yeah, people and, are angry. Oh yeah, they say horrible things yeah. to him too. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, they're not shy at all. And. People don't remember this. People don't know this, but his father was prime minister and he, people despised his, his father as well, right? He was just as unpopular. Um, but people, you, you know, like... Do you ahead. think that the Commonwealth is still kind of on be, behind the scenes, still kind of run by the king? 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Privy Council, I think, is what runs the show in Canada. Trudeau is simply a puppet. And you get these um, hashtags like on Twitter... 
surfacing like Trudeau must go right as if that's going to be the solution to our problems just change the puppet like they're just going to put in another puppet right but I don't think he's going anywhere William I think that they are putting us through this humiliation ritual just like they're doing to the Americans with Biden I think he is here for a while wow yeah I know here they have to steal the next election there's absolutely no doubt about it because they're all they've engaged in so much criminality so we're like not free. Like we're uh, here. We're constitutional republic is gone, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a charter of rights and freedoms, but what we learned in the last few years is that is, that is just a piece of paper. That is it. Paper, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the the COVID insanity has kind of lifted here, right? Um, but it's still very cultish, right? We're still in what I would call this Canadian death cult. Like I don't know if you've heard um, in LA about. Uh, this MAID program we have in Canada. It's, a, it's an acronym for Medical Assistance in Dying. It's basically, basically a euthanasia program. And they are pushing it hard in Canada now. Wow. And they have expanded it to um, mentally ill Canadians, believe it or not. And they're actually trying to push it to children as well, calling them in, in complete Orwellian language, calling them mature minors. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. It it's all comes very- from the king. The king's dad said, I want to be a virus to call humanity. So the king's, uh, you know, flexing his muscle all around the world, man. It's really incredible. And the subjects, there is total contempt for his subjects. Like they're lying all the time. And that made like, you. it's free, obviously. So all the other health care, you have to pay through the teeth if you can get it. But if you want to die, baby, we can give you that for free or the kill shot, right? Doctors are are offering it as part of their their solutions when they're treating patients right we can give you this pill we can wrap up your leg or there's made as well (laughs) wow that's incredible so you have one of these tribes you can take some antibiotics or we can freaking kill you how about that that'll take you out of your misery (laughs) and i'll get i'll get a kickback i get 25k for every kill i do right because that's the way the incentive the perverse incentives were here they killed friends of mine I know people who were murdered in the hospitals from these death protocols. So we're not out. We're outside of the Commonwealth, but some string puller like inverted all of the real health. It's really death care. It's not health care anymore. And um, like I couldn't get ivermectin. I I mean, I couldn't get I couldn't get a prescription through like a normal pharmacy here. But Mm -hmm. here, like these were perverse incentives to kill people, put them on the ventilator and kill them. It's incredible. Yep. And we had treatments. There's treatments for COVID or whatever. I know they made a bioweapon, but you can use ivermectin, vitamin D. They never pushed that. It was always remdesivir. And I have friends whose family members were murdered by remdesivir, and they're still they're still pushing it. They're incredible. still pushing it. Yeah, and they yeah. used it. There was a big kill-off here in Canada, but in our province of Quebec in particular, they really targeted the old folks' homes. Right. A lot of those deaths in 2020 were just of um, through neglect and also through the use of things like remdesivir and uh, midazolam. Right. That's where all the deaths came from, because, you know, the whole thing was the UK, too. Yes. It was the policy. The policy is to kill off and cull the population. So the global death cult, when I wrote that, it was a little bit it wasn't kind of applicable to current events in, uh, you know, what happened over COVID. But it was the same philosophy, man. Kill them all. Cull it all. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the global t- toll, according to different people I've talked to, there's a guy up there in Canada, Denis Rancourt, 
Rancourt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know the American pronunciation. Yeah, I know it's like, he's, like yeah. they're like yeah, forty million, forty million globally. Would depending on methodology. And I've talked to another guy who said that. So that's a bit. That's so far. We don't know what the play out of the the uh, bio weapons going to be, but it's no, incredible. No, I, I think it's we're just World at War Three. The- yeah, we're at World War Three. Hundred percent. I'm glad you bring up that 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 term though, World War Three, because I'm seeing it bandied about a lot lately. Um, in the wake of the Israel Hamas attacks, and now you've got a lot of commenters saying, "Okay, get ready for World War Three, or they're pushing us into World War Three. They just keep saying it, World War Three, and I keep thinking to myself, "Would you stop fucking saying that? Like, you're gonna speak it into existence, my man. Do you want it to happen? You know what I mean by that, William? Yeah, I think they want it to happen. You know. I think they would. I think the people like the King and some of these other elites would like to have. I think Hunter S. Thompson even said it. They're the type of people who want a hundred-year war to kill off the population. So whatever happened in Russia and Ukraine is still a success. So the fact that a half a million Ukrainians died—that's on the positive side for these people. They don't give a rat's butt about those people at all from the U.S. And we're the ones behind it. You know, we're the yeah. U.S. is for the war. Yeah. So speaking, it's, this is like the precursor to World War II or World War I, where all of these things are starting to fall apart and then people are picking sides. This is exactly what happened in World War I with the mobilization and all these people ramping up and making agreements, and this is it. So mm-hmm. I don't, and the, the people who are running the country in the United States are idiots. They, it's not being run by Biden and Harris, but even the people who think they're smart, they are they're running us right into the iceberg, baby. Like, mm-hmm. don't get out of the way. Let's hit it square, you know, square ahead on. Which, uh, yeah, it's bad. We're in bad, bad shape. Yeah, it's uh, Biden is an interesting figure. Who's right? under the mask? <laughs> the Biden really? mask. I think, I think it's really the oligarchs. I mean, I think these guys and the intelligence agencies they kind of work together to subvert the will of the people, even though it was Trump. But I think that. Here in the states, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Perfidious Albion is like uh, instigating and helping, you know, uh, the takedown of the United States. I don't think they probably got over 1776. Well, so, what's that? Albion. Uh, well, Albion is the kind of old English name for England. And though, if you look up, just look up Perfidious Albion. It's kind of an old world term for like English meddling in everything. The, uh. And the English have meddled in the U.S. for 18 War of 1812, 1776, Civil War. Like they are, they've meddled every freaking war the U.S. has been in, instigating us to get into World War One, World War Two. It's they're all there. The English have always been there. They were sure. helped. I mean Crowley, like I did, I did a bio on Crowley. He was an asset for the English Empire to help facilitate the U.S.'s, you know. Uh, Involvement in World War One would change the whole course course of the war. Hmm. Yeah, Crowley is a very interesting figure that you're well versed in as well, right? What is it about Alistair Crowley? Why has he had such a huge impact? That's a great question. I mean, I think I was surprised at the impact, but I think he offered something to kind of occultists or people who were fed up with Christianity that you could do your own true will, which could be like sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I think he had that lifestyle. So I think that that was kind of it. And also he was a classist, like a very class conscious person from very class conscious UK, 19th century. And so I think he justified a lot of those actions for the ruling elite. Like 
He said, hey, the slaves shall serve. Who cares? They're slaves. You don't care. So I think that yeah. in a wide variety, and also like promise people like you do my magic and you will attain like culture, you know, you'll attain artistic, the artistic heights. Like that's what he sold. And so I think a lot of those people followed him, whether it was Bowie or Jimmy Page or some of these other bands, like they all went through a cur curly phase. I don't think that Page ever came out of his curly phase, but um, the, the the cultural impact that he had is just amazing. And it goes all the way up to 9-11, you know, so 9-11 has like all kinds of numerology that ties back to Aleister Crowley. There's no question about it. Very interesting. Is there any numerology yeah. in the SFK phenomenon? I was, as I was reading your book, I was looking for numerology and nothing popped off the page at me, but maybe I missed something. No, that's a good question. I, I haven't seen anything, obviously. I mean, they, people have tried to tie like moon phases to some of these deaths. They've tried to tie, which I haven't seen any convincing evidence. There's a whole group of like researchers. There's stuff on Facebook and things like that. So there are other guys with spreadsheets and no more than me, really. Uh, but they've tried to tie kind of numerology and dates. And I, I didn't, I've never seen anything that's been convincing to me but i wouldn't be surprised maybe but it seems like there are definitely times of the year where these crimes are more prevalent when it's colder it seems like that's the case like maybe that's a, an easier time to find victims maybe there's not as many people out at night at those mm. times so you know i would expect these next couple months especially with october halloween coming in the next mm. week i would expect a couple new victims actually on october on halloween so okay. these guys may be operating on their own kind of, you know, cult, I don't Beltane and all these other weird occult holidays or, or high days or whatever. So, mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the case. I've studied a case, if you read Ultimate Evil by Maury Terry, the first murder of like this girl that starts off with the murder of a girl in the Stanford Chapel that happened on Aleister Crowley's birthday, October 12th. And I don't think that's a mistake. <clears throat> Her name was um, oh, Arliss Perry. Arliss Perry. Very interesting. So, yeah, like, I, so I don't know. The numerology. I wouldn't be surprised if numerology is involved. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a real student of numerology, but I am open to it. And I, you know, I've seen in other um, domains, I've seen clearly numerology is at play. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's involved but in the. Here's, here's the thing about here's here's the thing that you're right. I wouldn't be surprised. Here's the thing about Crowley. His numbers referenced stuff. Like if I said John uh, Ephesians 6.12 or if I said John 3.16, it would it reference things in the Bible. Like people would know, okay, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that he believed in have eternal life, right? So, these, so Crowley's was the same thing. So his numbers referenced concepts and ideas. They weren't just the numbers in themselves. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to, you know what? I found just uh, changing subjects here a little bit. I want to go back to, to Justin Castro and Joe Biden, because I think that both Americans and Canadians are being put through this humiliation ritual or this uh, demoralization campaign by having these dog kings as our leaders. And I suspect that there is more than one Justin Trudeau that we are seeing actors wow. sometimes or people with masks. And I suspect the same of Joe Biden. And coincidentally, yesterday, I believe it was, out of the Daily Mail, out of the UK, there was an article, Japanese researchers used artificial intelligence to analyze 
um, Vladimir Putin. And the, their AI analysis established that Putin does use body doubles to fake multiple public appearances. <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, they analyzed the, um, the, the, the audio and even the gait of these different Putins. And what they detected was unique voices and mannerisms. And the voice analysis and facial and gait recognition show major discrepancies. So they are... They really are on a stage and sometimes they are actually actors, right? I think either they're body doubles, right? Just in hair yeah. and makeup, or maybe they're wearing masks. What, what do you think, William? I would have t said you were totally insane and you belong <laughs> in a rubber room wearing a straight jacket about a month ago until I saw <laughs> Biden a couple days ago. And now yeah. I really think I'm 100%, I would say 99.9% .9 sure. He's either dead or in a coma, and they're using a, a body double with very sophisticated masks. There's a yeah. TED talk about they had the CIA woman who made masks, and they're like super sophisticated. So I think Biden's either dead or in a coma. I'm, I mean, it's hard for me to even think that I'm saying that, but there's multiple pictures of our guy where he's like rubbing the back of his neck. It's clearly rubber. Yeah. It's rubber. It's not like skin. It doesn't, nobody, even an older person, doesn't have skin like that. So there and there was a there was a plane talk. You can look this up. He was coming back from Israel and his two like henchmen were there. It was Blinken and some other guy. They are staring at this guy. They're not looking at they're not looking at like the surroundings. They're not looking at the media. They're staring and they're just looking in the most. I mean, it's a tell. It's a huge tell because they're looking at him like I hope this guy does enough up <laughs> and he's way too lucid. The double's way too lucid. He's talking in like full sentence, which Biden is not even capable of doing. Well, I think right. you know, it's, like acting. it's incredible. I have a video of it. I mean, let me see if I can pull it up. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't even... The videos are um, great evidence, I think. But I, I've been saying that Trudeau and Biden are actors in masks. Biden in particular. And here's my, here's my, my reasoning, William. If he has, I mean, he has dementia, right? Which makes him a loose cannon and unpredictable yeah. and he had brain surgery, dude. He was like, yeah, he had a surgery on his head. Yeah, so. exactly. Which means that he is uh, a liability when he's in front of the microphone, right? But time after time, when he misspeaks, he never actually like reveals any sensitive information, right? Like he falls down and he says weird, pervy stuff, but he's not like. He's not blurting out the nuclear codes or anything like that, right? right? If he actually had dementia, they wouldn't send him out because of that, because of the potential for him to say something really, really um, revelatory. Terrible, right? Which he has done. Like he has made mistakes and said, yeah, we have the most sophisticated vote fraud operation in world history or something. Like he said that. Like, it was <laughs> That's incredible. True. That's but, true. Um, one of the other things is go back and look at um, Saddam Hussein. He had three or four body doubles. Like it's mm. clear that these are doubles and they were using them. And that was one of the hard parts about finding them is, is that they had to distinguish between his doubles and the real Saddam Hussein before they killed him. Check mm -hmm. this out. If you can bring this up on the screen, all you have to do is put your um, mouse over that box that I have on there and, and select it. Yeah. There you go. Let me play it. This is, this is not Joe Biden, dude. Just watch this. Look at his chin. <laughs> What's going on? 
He's oh, acting. Yeah. I think Absolutely. this is an act. All right, that's a dollar store mask. And that's what it looks like. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's This has been one of the biggest um, uh, revelations for me in the past few years, Williams, is how true the Shakespeare line is that the, all the world is a stage. So much of it is just a big show. Yeah. And I think like if you have Justin, Justin Castro and Biden as their guys, they're just front men. They're, you're, you're puppeteering them. That's the way the real power would want it. Right. They wouldn't mm -hmm. want, they would want to have somebody who would take the blame and somebody to have all the hate and all people. Mm -hmm. Oh, Biden's such a loser. You know, mm -hmm. they would, they would want it. So I think they have all these structures. I think Lula was installed. I think that the whole vote in um, that just happened with this guy, Malay, in Argentina was fake. Like the people, mm -hmm. the guy who won over Malay was the guy responsible for all the inflation and making everybody poor. Like, right. Who would vote him in? It doesn't make sense. It's mm -hmm. all fake. It's just like, what, what can they get away with? That's what, I mean, the humiliation ritual you talk about. This guy right here, who supposedly got 81 million votes, the most votes of any president president in American history. Give me a break. Right. Give me a freaking break. Got more, more than, than Obama. More than Obama. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you, you think how do you think things are going to unfold in the states then in the uh, leading up to the next election in 2024? I, I think that people are going to just go apoplectic once they figure figure out that their government isn't isn't real, that their vote doesn't matter. Uh -huh. I mean, I think the liberty movement, something's going to happen. Like, people are just like, well, this is baloney. Because it's going to get worse. They're about to bankrupt the country. I mean, we're mm -hmm. on a course where we cannot pay. We're, like, paying a trillion dollars a month in freaking debt payments. Like, it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And this lunatic Yellen said that we can fight two more wars. We should never have fought Ukraine. We should handle the debt problem. These people are crazy. They're going to inflate everything. The inflation here is crazy, by the way. Like eggs are like seven bucks a carton. It used to be a dollar. Gas is six dollars. Like people are being the poor, like the middle class is being ground to powder. And then the the younger group groups have given up on home ownership or any mm -hmm. financial freedom. They're just done. So if they haven't yeah. overdosed and killed themselves on fentanyl yet, they just have their worldview is so grim. And it's totally crazy because my parents' worldview was like the future's ours, baby. I can buy a house in five, you know, four years. I'll own the whole, whole thing. I won't have to pay a bank anything. Cars easy. I got four kids. None of these. This is like a death culture, man. It's it's really. I think the U.S. is really kind of a big concentration camp in a sad way. I think that these these shots that they rolled out were just like murderous. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, the up the there's a huge underground of people who know in the states. So like the mass media is still lying. And they're still controlled, but you know that the people are, are keyed into what's going on when the stated uptake of the kill shot is 1.3% of the population. So only 1.3% mm -hmm. of the population is still stupid enough to do it. That's mean everybody's woken up. So, you know, it's right on. <clears throat> it's it's we're in a really weird state here in this in the states, and I think in the world, like people are gonna have to figure out who the hell's like puppeteering things. Mm -hmm. this yep. guy, it's uh pull this up, watch this guy this is a double dude bring him on there Get the, uh, <laughs> bring him on. this guy's a double man watch the guy behind him there's blinking look at blinking he's just staring at him god don't blow it look at the guys behind him 
They're just looking at Biden like, dude, don't blow it. Don't blow it. Don't blow it, dummy. He's too lucid. If you have the audio of this, he's way too lucid. He never can talk in full sentences. Mm-hmm. This is a double, dude. And the chin's yeah. getting away. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got so, it. Um, yeah. Oh, we were watching a vi- we were watching a video of Biden from last week where he's walking up a set of like five stairs to go up on stage and he stumbles halfway through and he catches himself on the handrail and then he turns to the crowd and kind of like gestures like aha got you like he was faking right and right. I showed the clip to my wife who's an osteopath and so she's very skilled at analyzing body movement and body language and seeing where people are tight or injured or whatever. Right. And she said, I said, what I, I made her watch the video. And I said, what do you think? I didn't tell her what I thought. Right. And she said, he seems super stiff in his neck, but very mobile and loose in the rest of his body. And she's like, I think it's an actor. <laughs> wow, interesting. This, if you bring this up, this is his supposed body double or one of them. It looks just like Biden, but look at how nimble this guy is. It's incredible. Somebody shot exactly. he's leaving. He was leaving uh, somewhere like where the president was. Watch us. People think he's Biden. If you hear the audio, yeah. No, I know they're calling. Look him at how out fast of- he turns around. Do you see that spin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a body <laughs> double, baby. That's a really yeah. good body double. That's not a man with dementia and uh, two yeah. two brain surgeries. <laughs> Look at that move. Yeah. Unreal. So, yeah, going back to you mentioned uh, inflation in the States earlier. Inflation is bad here in Canada as well. And right on cue, just two days ago, I think the federal government announced that they're going to bring in a UBI, Universal Basic Income. Yeah, the communism is coming on strong in Canada. I'll tell you what, William, I know a lot of people who are going to be lining up for the UBI, lining right up. Will they get the UBI and then also work or you just get one or the other like you keep your job or do you just get ubi and nothing else everyone gets it including migrant workers and refugees wow yeah that's crazy how much a month is it uh i'm not sure i think they're predicting somewhere along like two thousand a month wow which is what we were given in uh we were given during the pandemic we were given uh relief funds in the amount of 2000 a month. And so I don't, I think that that's what they're going to go with, right? That was a trial balloon for them. It was very successful. They got a lot of people got a taste of it, of the UBI, and they're, they're probably salivating now for it. Wow. Yeah. It's, and it's, 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 it's all rolling up. Yeah. And, but people don't understand the danger in it, right? Because it's not free. Nothing is free in this world, right? It's always a, a quid pro quo. Right. So, yeah, maybe you're going to get depend. That's what they want. They're looking for dependency. Right, William? Yeah. And once people get financially dependent on it, that's when they're going to make that's where the, when they're going to roll in the conditions. OK, now you need your booster if you want your next UBI check. Right. Right. Because you don't have any skills anymore to do anything else because you've been sitting on your butt, picking up a check, smoking weed all day. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's terrible for human being. I mean, here. They like gave a lot of stuff to kind of, uh, you know, people who were poor, uh, you know, here it's really not a capitalist country. It's quasi because like 45 percent of Americans get some kind of benefit from the government. But the people who got the money, it was the worst thing they did to them because they never developed working skills. 
And so right. they're just like the dependency is there. They, why would they get off it? Because and then it just creates all kinds of problems with your character, family. It broke up a lot of black households. Like the black marriage rate before World War II was like ninety five percent. Like they were married, and then they got free money under the supposed Great Society under Johnson. But it was a poison pill. And it, the women said, hey, I still get money. I don't need a man. Get the hell out of here. And so then they right. had the broken homes. And now you just have like kids robbing stuff. Just, there's no dad to say, what are you guys doing? It was a disaster. So the, the UBI will be something similar in my mind. Oh, absolutely. It's a weapon, right? It's, it's a WMD. <laughs> yeah. And I think Johnson knew it was a, what he was doing was a weapon. Like he meant this great society and these kind of, you know, handouts to as a, male- I mean, Johnson was really malevolent in all kinds of ways, but I think he meant it as a, like, a, mm. you know, we're, we're going to give it out to destroy you, making you think that it's for your benefit. That's almost yeah, everything that's in the a- new world order. Almost everything the new world order does for you that it's trying to help you is actually trying to kill you. 100%. You took out Kennedy, right? They took out Look, Trump. We're, we're, we're coming they took up. out Trump, man. Trump was supposed to win. He was winning. They couldn't let him win again. You can't let the people here mm. in the United States. They took it. They took him out right in front of everybody. Anybody with a brain who's honest knows that that the election was stolen here, twenty twenty, and they have to There's steal no twenty twenty four. Have to steal twenty twenty four. Do you think Biden will run again? Maybe the fake one. I mean, they can they can put up a fake Biden for. You know, wherever he can live till he's 100, right? Just that's place true. Him it's yeah. actually the perfect scenario for them now, right? Yeah, right? no, it's the perfect. Just a puppet. Yeah, there's a puppet. They can what all about- get away with whatever they want. There's no way that Fauci and some of these other crooks would have gotten away with what they did under the pandemic if there was a strong leader as president. You know, Biden just right. there's nobody to even say no. That's a bad idea, and it mm-hmm. goes against the whole principles of like. I mean, just nations in general, like you always are trying to get the best, toughest, hardest guy up there to protect you from the enemies and from the criminals and all that. And the opposite happened here in the States and we're feeling the pain. There's nothing the Biden administration has done well. They've mm-hmm. blown the war. They've blown the economy. They've blown the border. They've blown everything. It's By design. It's a disaster. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think so. They're going to yeah. just create a nightmare and then said you put some salvation crap. Yeah, we are all going to get CBDCs or whatever, and we're going to have an AI guy make your life perfect and you know, <laughs> worship the UN building. 15, get rid of this Congress. And, yeah, Fifteen you know, minutes. Call cities. it the shadow, shadow of the. And then they'll kill you off. You know, it's a kill box. So um, it's it's not good. They're really trying to get it down to five hundred million or a billion. <clears throat> you know, I, who knows? Who knows if the Deagle report is real, you know? Yeah, that's an interesting one, the Deagle report. I'm not I'm not yeah. sure what to think of that. I remember when I first discovered it, and it, it just scared the heck out of me. That's for sure. Um, Bill Deagle was really real. The guy was real. It's all, deter- you know, this is not something that made, like, it's not some kind of internet myth. The dude worked. He worked for the Rockefeller Foundation. He was part of the Department of Defense. And some of that stuff leaked out, you know, their ideal of, like, you know, depopulating mm-hmm. these guys have always talked about kissinger and some who's still around these other guys and they're all just front men for the elites anyway kissinger was always a rockefeller guy and so mm-hmm. was uh oh grand chessboard whatever his name was it's a big news brzezinski 
Right. And then they have a new, they'll just pop out a new guy. This guy, Ramaswamy, has got all the markings of uh, an elite front man. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy. So they it's are. never going to end. But okay. So here's my question for you then, William. What about, what about Trump? Cause I, I like him as, as a character, let's say on the stage. I like what he says. I like that he drives all the right people crazy, but I can't help but think that he is just controlled opposition in the end. And the MAGA movement as well is just hopium to me. As attractive and as appealing as it is, I just refuse to buy into it. Yeah, how much change have you gotten, and like, how what real effects have happened? I, it's a good question. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of like uh, superficial benefits, like a lot of flag waving and stuff like that. But how much, how much of your life has got has become better? And mm-hmm. I'm like I don't trust I don't trust Trump that much, right? But I and think he, he was doing a good he was doing a good job for the four years. I mean, they undercut him the whole time, the whole four years he was in office. But he still mm-hmm. kind of people were the economy was working. There weren't the invasion at the border, so there's not pedophiles and rapists running around as much. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're right now we're really on the here. I think we're on the cusp of like the fourth world i don't think it's a third world i literally think we're headed to mad max and some of these cities are like that like i was in los angeles yesterday downtown the whole place smelled like an open air bathroom mm-hmm. it was disgusting it was like literally stale human you know uh effusion smell all <laughs> over the whole city and that's the same way and in, in all the the shops are boarded up so the commercial real estate's a mess and I was in San Francisco last month. It was the same thing. It was a disaster. It was like freaking escape from New York. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. kidding. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Mm-hmm. Like, these guys have done a number on the urban areas. I mean, if the mm-hmm. other cities are like that, too. So yeah. It's, that's it. Watch out for that zombie waste. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, I think the fentanyl is just another biowarfare. So we're really kind of at war. And people have already been anesthetized to accept this. The frog has literally been boiled. It's upside down and it's over. You know, people got used to sh- this shabby kind of government and, and, and being poisoned and all that stuff, the sacklers and all that. So mm. it's, it's, we're not a good shit. And all, I think the things that they, they really, the real success, and it's been a long term kind of program, the real success is kind of taking away the Christian kind of background that always made this country great is like they didn't, they weren't just rubes. And, and listening to some of these losers and they knew the world was dangerous and now it's just like that's all gone from the schools and they teach this woke stuff and that's just plowing people's minds and souls right down the middle and this is these are the results hmm. very well said well look william we're, we're, we're over the hour mark now i don't want to take up too much of your time it's been a great conversation yeah. um but maybe before we let you go you can just kind of remind our listeners where they can find you and what we can expect from you next yeah i just been i've got a couple projects i'm trying to finish up by the end of the year and i just like my book can be found on amazon or you can buy a signed copy from uh, my website williamramseyinvestigates.com i've sent a couple to canada germany a lot to england so i do do international shipping if you want a signed copy and uh, my podcast is in the top 0.5 podcasts in the world and you can just check that out on any kind of place like itunes or spotify and it's william ramsey investigates and i've done a lot of different type of stuff but uh, hopefully you'll find something there you'll like amazing
been a great conversation. It's been a real treat talking to you. Thanks again for coming on, William. Awesome. Great to be with you, Lux and Beach. Thanks for the invite. Great to be with you. Cheers. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.